Blog Talk Radio. We have a ghost radio show that begins with all music, so there we go. Uh, apparently, David Bowie likes to reach out from beyond and play the music that I have, even though I haven't selected it. Welcome to the Candy and Friends show, Candy and Company, actually. I'm Candy, and I have a lot of company tonight, starting, of course, with my sexy co-host, Joe Minetti. Oh, well, thank you, my darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm pantsless. You know, three guys said hi, I took my pants off. I'm ready. We've got a Let's great go. show tonight. We've got a great show. We have uh, Bryce Adonis. Bryce has soared to fame as a stripper and entertainer with the Men of Eden and his Daddies of Eden reviews at various locations on the East Coast. Hello, Bryce. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I know you? I was lame. <laughs> Horny, <laughs> usual. Well, you've come we already right covered now. this pre-show. The silly little whore didn't show up, so I'm going to have to handle myself while we talk. Hope you guys don't mind. Oh. Don't squirt the microphone. We want to be able to hear you. <laughs> We've got an hour more of this to go, folks. This is, we're just oh, warming no, up no, here. We have an hour and a half. Oh, yeah? Great. Would you like me to introduce our next guest? I would. I will. Uh, this is Ricky Mestri. We have Ricky Mestri in the house. Let me tell you about Ricky. Ricky Hi, is an award-winning. Hey, Ricky. We, Ricky Mestri is that's his voice, and Ricky Mestri is an award-winning artist, video performer, and outreach activist whose work has earned recognition from art aficionados as well as performers like Ricky Martin. Hello, Ricky. Ooh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, uh, his his partner in Snuggle for the evening, Ken Benoit, Mr. Connecticut Bear, 2016. He's appeared in music videos on radio shows and hosted a variety of fundraisers that support diverse communities. Hello, Ken. Hello, Candy. How are you? I'm better now that I'm talking to you. So, sweetheart, <laughs> since you're good before. Since you're Mr. Connecticut Bear, do they make you like put all the clothes back on instead of take them off like we like? <laughs> I wear I wear my clothes unless it's behind closed doors. Oh. Hold on, I'm about to close the door. <laughs> 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 so when you come to visit me, Candy, I will not be wearing it. Okay, uh, deal. Okay. Unless we go to a Men of Eden show and then nobody wears clothes. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, it depends where we have the show. So when, you know, nudity's not allowed in Connecticut. Winky, winky. Apparently the last show I was naked for like 30 minutes, you which I have no recollection of. I, I live in What's the, that? I live in the belt buckle of the Bible belts. So everyone's gay. So, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure if they found out, uh, okay, it's bad enough that I have blue hair. If they find out that I'm polyamorous, pansexual, and pagan, they'll probably string me up. Oh. <laughs> well, the wonderful thing about all these guys, i got to say, I, I know all three of these gentlemen very well. Uh, they are all terrific on stage as entertainers, outreach activists, artists. They're all very creative. They all really know how to work with an audience. And all three of them uh, helped me recently at a fundraiser we did for True Colors uh, called Bear Soup that I hosted with a lot of other great people helping me. 
And Ricky did a great performance art piece with one of Bryce's dancers, Izzy. Uh, and he, he created this work of art live on Izzy's back. That was amazing. Bryce got up there with Izzy, and they both had people bid to eat a pie off of each of them. They raised, like, over $200. And then we had... Um, Ken doing selling raffle tickets with Trell Walters, who's Mr. Connecticut Bear 2014. It was a great, great right. Ken was holding my pastels. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ricky did a video with us. Was. <laughs> so wait a minute, somebody paid to have pie eaten off them. Shouldn't you pay somebody else to have pie? I mean, I need you to explain they this. On them. They, they pay to suck my dick sometimes, so I'm pretty sure they're going to pay to eat pie off of me. I was just happy. You know, the bidding, like, nobody was bidding, like, all of our fundraisers. Anytime I get on stage, no one seems to bid anything, but if they give me a dollar, they feel the need to grab my balls and dick. So I don't know how that works. But then some guy, fortunately, uh, screamed out $60 or something, and I think we, like, put the gavel down as quick as we could before he could retract his $60. And then he was such oh, a nice no, gentleman, no, no. he forgot to pay. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. It went beyond 60. When we got to 69, it got even better. And then those guys got up to almost 200 bucks, and it was the highlight. It was the finale of the evening. Next to Ricky, Ricky's stuff was phenomenal. The video he did was great. But eating those pies off of you and Izzy, they were on the floor. We had some incredible pictures. Uh, we picked the least uh, of the, the ones that were the least likely to get censored on Facebook to post, right, but right. Now, they were fantastic. I can't wait to show my kids one day these photos. It's like epic. Like, look at your father now. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Actually, you know, if you raise kids up to be open-minded in all aspects, then they'll be open-minded as adults. I, I agree with that, but I don't know how I'm going to raise him to say it is okay to have a guy eat pie off of you, a complete stranger, because that may be giving him the wrong, like, when his school teachers, you know, approach him. You could totally explain that this was for a fundraiser, and that's why you did it. Fair it enough. Charity. He did it. And Bryce, i got to say, Bryce and Ricky and Ken, all three of them, have always, always been very generous with their time and with their talent. It really helped. You know, they, they, so, these guys... Don't you need a road trip to Tulsa so we can do something here? Come on. Yeah. I would. No, I gotta, I'm down. <laughs> how did... I'm going to start with Bryce. We, we we got great stories from all three of these guys, we, and... and I know that everybody wants to know more about them. I know them, but I still want to know more. Uh, Bryce, how did how did you go from being a carpenter? Is that correct? Yep, just like Jesus. <laughs> like Jesus? Okay. Yeah, I wear more clothes, though. There go all the show sensors exploding. Okay, go ahead. Oh, God, the phone lines are going to light up like a Christmas tree. We've just well, we are in the Bible Belt, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's in the Bible bet, and I'm in Connecticut. We're, we're screwed. Okay. How did you go from a carpenter to being a stripper? Divorce. Divorce. Oh, man. I mean, it's a long story, but I had I had uh, a year and a half to be able to get the loan for one of the properties that my ex-wife and I owned uh, to be able to get a loan in my name. And I was dating a, a Filipina stripper, which is really weird. She had boobs and a butt, which, I mean, I don't know. It was like a gift from God. And she used to make a ton of money. And so I was like, oh, if you're making two, three grand a week, I'm better looking than you, and and I should make that. And little did I know, like, guy dancers make, like, a twelfth of whatever females do because we don't have tits. So, well, hey, uh, wait a minute. i, I got to ask you, Bryce. i got to jump in here. 
Is it true that uh, has it been your experience that you know because you, uh, you have a very diverse audience? The great thing about the men of Eden and the daddies of Eden, he's got a daddies of Eden uh, candy. Is that in all these shows, the audiences they welcome straight, gay, bisexual, transgender, all ages, and do the women or the men? Do you find that who tips better? Uh, most of the time, I mean, your long-term customers are going to be the men. Um, the women, if if it's most at the strip clubs, if normally they'll come in for a birthday party or something, they may tip a higher amount faster, but they're not going to come back, you know, two, three, four times a month uh, to see you. So it, it depends, you know, most of the time in the long run, the men, um, but you know, even the gay strippers love women, you know, you get them drunk and all of a sudden titties come out and... I'll zip my lip there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've, I've seen gay for pay, but at my shows. Strip, I was going to say, if I go to the regular strip clubs, the, the girls take my boobs out. I mean, I don't even do it. They do. How? How? I, I'm not a believer because what do they have? Tow truck or forklifts there? You said they were H's or whatever. There's no stripper that I know that can pick up one of those fucking things. So I'm not a believer. I'm going to have to come to Tulsa, and you're going to have to prove that. No, no. So you're totally going to insult me. Okay, look, baby. It's not my fault if you're not you... man enough to handle these. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I've got big strippers to handle those things. I need, like, some bees in my life. <laughs> no, seriously. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just saying as a girl who goes to – I've never actually been to a guy strip club. I go to the girl strip club all the time. Uh, I think it's fun. I enjoy it. But those girls are always playing with my boobs. It's like their thing. Girls love boobs, guys love boobs. Everyone loves boobs. Even aliens love boobs. And guys like guys with boobs, too. Now, Ricky, you were going to say something? Is that right? Did I hear you? I was going to say something? I'm just yeah, listening were to you guys. I'm having a good time over here. We're, we're <laughs> kind of like listening to you on the couch. <laughs> you just heard him open the bottle of lube. I just need I just need uh, either Ricky or Ken to go smack Bryce upside the head for me. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> go, no, just let my mother know who you are at the door. Okay. Yeah. Oh, not I only will I let her know, I'll tell her why. Uh, I think I'm probably the oldest guy here tonight, and uh, at age I'm uh, on the edge of age 54. I was around. I remember uh, strippers like Tempest Storm, and uh, who were I mean, she was a big broad. She really. She knocked him out of the water, and I remember, you know, back at the burlesque clubs and stuff, and uh, I had people I knew even when I was growing up. Uh, strippers have always been a part of my life, and burlesque, and I grew up with that. And I remember, you know, the ladies who were just really voluptuous, like Jane Mansfield, Jane Russell voluptuous. That was the big thing back then with strippers. But what Bryce says rings true to me. I've, I've always consistently heard that when it comes to sex, when it comes to sex shows or stripping, that or porn or anything that men are usually the better consumers for some reason, and they they're willing to spend more than than women do. I don't you know nothing. It's not girls can get laid any time. Girls can always get <laughs> fucked. Seriously, and that's what it comes down to. Is and I'll have I'll have some hideous females. Like the other night, I was in mass dancing, and she's like, "Oh, how come he's not dancing for you?" Well, first of all, miss, you didn't put any money up. And then I start dancing for her because you know I figured she would put money up, and she goes, "Oh, now you have to pretend to be straight." I said, Miss, no offense, I have two children, and that doesn't make me straight. Not that there's an exact definition of straight or gay, but I said, I work for money, and all you have is tits. So I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent with these tits, 
<laughs> End of story. So I danced three quarters of a song, and then I guess one of my other dancers, Tank, went and danced for her, and he was like, she said she had no money, but she wanted to fuck me. And I'm like, all right, Tank, but... Him. Yeah, I mean, she would have fucked any one of the strippers there. We were at Ecstatic, or X Room, in Springfield, Mass, and uh, she would have fucked the gay twink, I think. So, you know, she was that she was that hideous. She's, I hope she's not listening. Oh, so I guess it's, there's a new term called green sexual. Probably shouldn't insult women on the show. I'm just saying, guys. Well, listen, I, I mean, if she put out a dollar, she, I would have told you the, how incredibly beautiful she was. But, you know, at the end of the day... I, in all honesty, getting back to the point is women can get laid any given night two, three times a day. You know us guys, like even I go no, on droughts. You, like you by are droughts, correct. I mean like. I get laid any time I wanted to. All I have to do is say yes. You're right. All right, so you've got it better than me then. Damn. Even I go through like six or seven hour droughts once in a while, and uh, oh, you I, know, it's very difficult I, as well, a guy I, to get laid. Just Seriously, I, have I think that and I'm bi, so I can get laid just about any time. I think, oh. yeah. I think I just got hard. I think there's, <laughs> there's an issue here about uh, sex in terms of uh, what our culture accepts in, with men and women, whether they're gay or well, straight. I, I, exactly. I think that it's, it's, there's more of a stigma with women to be uh, to go out and spend money on sex, where with men, men are uh, in general in our society, men are, are taught to be a little more aggressive and competitive. And it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. I think that's just the way our society conditions people. So it makes sense that men would be more willing and less stigmatized to spend money. But the great thing about, i got to say, seriously, the great thing about Bryce's shows is they're really fun. On top of all the sex stuff, they're really genuinely fun. Bryce is a good showman, and he makes everybody feel welcome. He makes everybody feel like you're here to have a good time. And it really is, it, the shows are really genuinely fun. They're really a fun, fun experience for everybody, and he makes sure that everybody has a good time. Except for the girl with big boobs, and then he makes fun of her. No, no, he loves No, 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 she had a great time because I sent Tank over. And Tank's dry humped her for like an hour for nothing. So she had a great time. I just wasn't willing to put in the work with her. You know, if I was on a drought, I probably would have. If you are dancing for me, uh, there will be money because that's, that's just fair. That's what you do. But you're an entertainer or ent- entertainment as well, so you understand, you know, it's it's a job, you know. Well, well, and, I don't know. I guess I, I wouldn't go up to the stage and expect one of the girls to like grab me or whatever. And and even if I didn't w- ask them to or whatever, they always do. I, I always tip them. That's, that's that's just what you do. And that's that's exactly what she did, though. In all honesty, she came up by herself and sat, and I was just sitting like at the pole, drinking my drink, not paying attention. I, I see her, but. I like put up two dollars, okay? Put up something, and for whatever reason at this club, no one does. They want you to dance first, and then they want to tip you. I've never seen okay. this anywhere in the world. And so uh, her friend comes up. Oh, why don't you get me to dance for you? She goes, I'm trying to. So I hear them, and then I start, you know, talking a little bit. And then, like I said, I got three quarters of a song deep. So I start. I'm a math guy. I'm like three quarters of a song. That's four minutes. You know, okay. So that's like. <laughs> $15 an hour as a stripper, even if she puts up a dollar right now and consistently does for the rest of the hour. I, listen, I'll just go cut wood. I mean, jeez. Like, oh, my God. You know. Well, and you know what? This has let us entertain you, so maybe that's one of the sides of entertainment we should talk about. If you're going to see entertainment, depending upon the entertainment that you see, if you're going to go see a concert, obviously you put your money out front. You're done with your ticket. Yep. If you're going to go a lot see of them think- entertainment with dancers and things, 
you know that you're supposed to bring tip money. That's just how it goes. A lot of them think that, that it's included in the cover fee. You know, like they think, oh, well, I paid the $7 cover. You know what? <laughs> I don't know what that $7 cover does for the club, but it doesn't do anything for me because they pay me $2.30-something an hour, and that's not a yeah, joke. Yeah, we don't actually um, – we don't actually pay co- – well, as a girl, I don't have to ever pay cover here, so. Uh, nice. Well, well I'm, throwing, I'm a gay man, so all of a sudden I've got images of Lorelai Lee and Gentlemen for Blondes who can time everything to the last <laughs> cent, what it's going to cost. What's, how much is it going to take for me to convince oh your God, husband? Oh, my God, I love her. Uh, yeah. it'll, it'll take me, uh, let's see, how much money do you need, $100? That'll be four minutes and 27 seconds. Just <laughs> yes, well, while, while you all are talking, I'm just going to go over with Ricky and Ken on the couch and snuggle. Well, yeah, let's find out. Ricky and Ken, let's, let's move on and, uh, and find out a little bit about you now, too. Now, Ricky, your bio. Uh, everybody knows about me. <laughs> I don't Power bottom extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, Ricky I don't know you yet. Tell me about you. Oh, Ricky. Wow. I, I'm, I, Joe gave me this wonderful introduction. That was kind of uh, a, a lot there that kind of gives a little bit of an idea about what I do and who I am and what I'm about and what I like and what I'm involved with and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but really there's quiet. a lot more to it than that introduction. <laughs> All right. Ricky's my so photographer. I'll fill in for Ricky okay, if he doesn't want to talk about himself. I'm a better Ricky takes amazing men of Eden photos. Yes. I do, yeah. Well, photography is one thing that I like to do, but I always like to photograph mostly people more than, like, you know, locations and things like that. Uh, photographing people has always been, you know, So is that, that where the is that where prefer- the awards come in? It says you're an award-winning artist. So is that where is it photography well, so my, or is something else that you do? I'm, well, photography is one of the art forms that I, you know, will work with. But otherwise, you know, I do, you know, paintings and cartoons and, um, you know, I'm just a visual artist in, in whatever medium I decide to work with. It's it's all like visuals kind of thing. So it's something that you, you work a lot with calm too. He's amazing with cum. You should see the stuff he paints with cum. I've never seen anyone better. Uh, R- Ricky does great characters. Right, no. He's an incredible caricature of uh, Ricky Martin. And you actually got to meet I him. And I did, a couple yeah. times. Very nice. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this world tour to stop so that we can like reconnect again. He did. Uh, he does incredible caricatures. He does incredible artwork. Uh, he was just at the Latino Arts uh, fe- Festival. I, just, just and go he had on a great show. And you can see everything. Yes. And he also does incredible video work. Don't you? You have a show that's won awards as well, the Ricky Mastery Show? I, yeah, I had a Ricky Mastery Show that was on for a number of years. I won a few uh, awards for that. And um, I'm currently talking with Ken to, uh, you know, kind of resurrect something with that. So wow. we'll. we'll, we'll We'll get something back up in the air. <laughs> to be announced. Yeah, be announced. exactly. Yeah, it's doing like the talking stages. Something I was well, like thinking about for a couple of years now, you but know you know, I've I've been doing like a lot of gallery shows and museum exhibits and things like that. So, you know, it's been, you know, one of those things where, how do you say? Um, just it depends on what's going on at the time. We'll determine, you know, what kind of project I'll be working on so for right now you know i've been doing uh like when we did bear soup it was kind of like okay i need to do some kind of you know painting piece for the you know for the auction and also a video piece for my presentation of it you know it was wonderful he did what the project will determine what medium i'll use he did a great video where he incorporated a whole bunch of us in it uh for the bear soup uh, fundraiser 
And he also did, uh, you know, Ricky is the classic interpretation of a performance artist. He actually created a work of art. He, uh, he did an illustration, an etching, on the back of one of Bryce's strippers, I- Izzy. And he just created it on the spot while he was performing some music. It was just incredible. Can we talk about me, I'm like, sorry, instead I, of, like, my strip? I had to... I'm, I'm feeling I really to, blue. I mean, man, that's the second mention of Izzy. Damn. I had, I had to giggle, Joe, because you said etchings, and so now I'm picturing this, like, really deviant guy going, you want to come up and see my etchings? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, Ricky, Ricky finally does. made me famous and put me on the back of a pride shirt. And then at the gym, yes. they asked me if I was gay. And, you know, with my pink snap bracelet on and a pride shirt, you know, what did I have to say? I said, sure. And now I don't have any bro hams there to ask spot their weights. Like, you want to spot me? Uh, Thank God. <laughs> Just tell them you're, that no, my... my to remove the label. See, that's my thing for 2016 is just remove the label. doesn't matter if you're great, exactly. great, bi, whatever, just be you. There's no definition or clear definition of anything, so just be sexual and get paid for it. That's How about that? Like, you know, uh, in some Latin countries, that actually is what how they interpret things. I mean, it depends on where you are, but uh, there's no label. It's just you're, you're sexual, uh, which I think really does cover a lot of what's going on with these guys and all of us tonight. They, they, their creativity and their sexuality is limitless. I mean, Ricky does do stuff that goes beyond the realm of just being... He's an artist. He's a prolific artist. He's a wonderful... Uh, he's wonderful putting videos together. He's wonderful at creating wonderful works of art and illustrations and caricatures. He does a great show. I mean, he really... These videos he, he, he produces are fantastic. But he... he he also, I mean, his work reaches out to the Latino community, to the LGBT community, um, and he reaches out to multiple communities with the stuff that he does because I think he's just really creative. Um, he even got me wearing mascara for the first time in the video oh. that I did with him. Ooh. <laughs> well, that, that was just the look of the video, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you would do that on your own. <laughs> no, but, but it was a cool look. I kind of got a, it was like a, a village people kind of thing going on with the suspenders. Were you, you, were you doing like, you doing like? Did you perfect it yet in the mirror so you can wear it out? <laughs> no, it just it brought out. That's right. You just go to Mac and get it done. You rich bastard. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it didn't. It brought out my eyes, and I I, I like my my chest has always been what people pay attention to. So I I, I got upset about that. But well, yeah, and I Ken, no, <laughs> Ken. We Ken was in the video. Let's get a great segue into Ken. Ken, <laughs> yes. Ken, How's it going? Your chat. <laughs> it's going well. How are you? Good. Now, Ken, Ken, I've I've actually uh, didn't really get to connect with Ken the way that I would like to uh, until pretty recently. I mean, I've known him off and on through being in Connecticut in the Bear community and doing outreach, but after he won the contest. Um, and got the Mr. Connecticut Bear title, I got to really work with him and connect with him, and he's just a really great guy, as are Bryson and Ricky. And he's been very generous, and really, really also, he's all about diversity. Ken, uh, what's what's your journey been like so far? Talk, tell us a little bit about your journey. It's been um, quite a different one than I expected, which is always good. Um my, I'm not your typical bear. I'm not your typical title holder. I have a vision and a mission that some people don't. It's, um, I want to connect all the communities. I don't want 
to be about labels or excluding anybody. I want to reach out across, you know, to everybody and pull everybody together and let's do some good in this community and let's, let's have a good time together. You know, things are changing. Times are changing. Or the, the scene has changed. The bar industry has changed. You know, if we're all segregated into our own separate little groups, everything's going to shrink down to next to nobody. So let's That's work together and salvage this community. Let's pull together and work together. I love it. I love it. Actually, that I think that's the the thing that attracts me to all three of you. That I, I think you, you guys really do embrace everybody and and, and respect the individu- individuality and the difference of everybody. How is please don't put words in my mouth. You know that I don't respect anybody, but I just treat them all equally. <laughs> Which is the flip side of of, of what I'm saying. Well, Shut up! I'm on the phone. Wanting <laughs> stuff in his mouth again. <laughs> now, Ken, what's been the reaction though to that? I'm just interested. In 2016, uh, as far as we've come, and we still got you know uh, ways to go with a lot of things. What's been the reaction to you wanting to embrace diversity like that? It's actually been quite well. Um, I've connected with people in different groups. I've connected with people who've never affiliated with groups because it's not all about who you're affiliated with. It's let's help each other find who we who we are and let's all accept each other for who we are. So there's people who I guess I was helped bring out into the community that were afraid to go out into the community. And um, it's been actually re- very rewarding in that aspect. Is I've had people reach out from other states, other communities, all over the country actually, even out of the country to, you know, welcome me to the title family, to – Tell me they like what I'm doing. I get compliments for some of the events I've done, and I have people say they didn't think somebody my age could win. I mean, I'm 36, but apparently I look younger. Um, you do. You do. I'm very unique. I don't fit the mold of you anyone. You do. So I, I appreciate... Let's not talk about age, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate the feedback I'm getting, and I appreciate that I can reach out to people who you know, maybe felt excluded from my community or other communities before. Any particular... Can I say something real quick? That's one of my yeah. biggest pet peeves is, is when I see... I mean, obviously, straight people are always going to judge gays, or I won't say always, but when I see gay groups judging other gay groups, because uh, it's only making the road tougher, and, and everyone should be create or, or treated equally, you know, no matter what you want to stick your penis near, your vagina near. I mean, because I, I just can't comprehend, like, why the community sometimes is holding back the progression, you know, when people 20, 30 years ago had to work so hard just to be able, you know, to to even go out in public or, or to not get shock treatment or, you know, so that's one of my biggest, it drives me insane. So keep on keeping on and blending those communities. And hopefully one day there's not even going to be a word gay anymore. It's just going to be, you are who you are, Mike, you are Steve, you are Bryce. And that's it. Which I well, think all three of you, in, in different ways, I think all three of you do. You do do that. You do accomplish helping that to happen. I, I, I I'm wondering. You know, I, I'm, I'm from. I think I'm probably the oldest one here tonight. I'm pushing age 54, and I remember when I was from the Harvey Milk generation, which was about never blend. He always said, "Never blend. Always be proud to stand out." Uh, now there's a different uh, kind of direction things have taken. Where I'm, I hear a lot of, "We're just like you," and. We, we we there's more of an emphasis on we can all blend we're one big family. Um, 
I see the value in both. I see, you know, I, I like us to all be able to see our, to bond, but at the same time, I don't want us to lose our individuality. Have you had any kind of difficulty with that, we, when, Ken, when you're talking about bringing people out who have been neglected or who felt particularly more oppression than others? What do you think about that whole thing about assimilating versus, you know, respecting individuality in terms of how that plays into what's happening today and, and accepting everybody? Well, what I hear the most is, People are very confused right now because you have the mentality of people who are used to how things were. You have the mentality of people who are used to basically our new technology age. And the two worlds can't sometimes combine. I mean, our rights, we have to celebrate this. Our rights have come so far. And we could go to any establishment we want now. Things have come forward, what everybody wanted, but now people don't like sometimes what we've become. We don't need necessarily to go to a gay bar to go out with our friends. Uh, then there's the whole technology thing where people are now interacting more so on social media or hookup apps or what have you. So there's a lot of confusion out there. There's the people who want to stay in the community and go to you know their, their weekly routines of going to the same bar and seeing the same people. And then you go to the bar, then there's people who are just on text, you know, on their phones the whole time looking to talk to other people or whatever. So there's just like this major disconnect between two realities, and people are confused. The people who were not out before don't know what it was like. Right. The current state of how our community is is not what it once was, even like 10 years ago. So I think it's what we do. It's these charity events. It's these social events. It's what we do to bring all worlds together. And you have to create a place where everybody feels welcomed and people are not afraid to go out and meet new people and try things because we still right. need human interaction. I agree. I think that you're bringing up a very important point. I got to jump on this. You, 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 there's this whole new social media thing, as opposed to you know the, the majority of my experience and the majority of what I do with all the outreach and fundraising, the grassroots stuff. We actually a lot of the stuff that all of you do. I mean. When Bryce does a show, he's connecting with people directly. When you do events and when Ricky is, is engaging in performance art, you're all making a direct connection with people. It's very personal. It's very grassroots. That's very different than this whole social media thing. And you brought up an important point. I, I, I'm seeing a whole shift, too. Um, I'm wondering, it, 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 social media, social media does allow you to promote. It allows you, I know I've used it, it allows you to network in a way that's so immediate and, and much more all-encompassing than what you could have done on a grassroots level. But at the same time, uh, without that direct contact and actually being out there amongst the crowds, there's a different dynamic that's going on. And I, I, what I'm seeing, and you can disagree with me and tell me I'm full of shit, whatever, I'm, I'm just saying, throwing it out there. Because <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of public speaking with LGBTQ youth, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender youth. I've gone to schools and I've had a lot of public engagements. And I'm seeing a lot of disconnection from history. Just a complete lack of awareness of anything that, you know, when you're on social media, when you're trending, it's just what happened five minutes ago. And I'm just really startled by the the disconnection. And let me just emphasize, my generation, when we were growing up, uh, there was an awareness of history. I mean, even when you look at, like, the gay icons, uh, Judy Garland, Betty Davis and stuff, they weren't current trending people. They were people from, you know, who were stars 20, 30 years before they were being idolized by that group of, 20-somethings 
who were uh, the drag queens imitating them or the people quoting them, but they had an awareness of that history. Um, I don't see that so much now, and uh, it's just it's very startling to me because I see it very, very frequently that nobody seems to be connected to anything that's even more than six months ago. And well, beyond the history you're speaking of, there's like the biggest thing I worry, and it scares me, and I feel bad for people who missed out on certain opportunities, is there's a sense of connection. Like mm-hmm. There are moments I've had in the gay community that you can't have other places. Social media right. can't give you. I mean, I was just talking to somebody true. about, you know, I used to go gay camping or to Key West or Palm Springs. Right. I used to go all different places. But I remember one time gay camping. I was in my early 20s. I'm sitting on a hill waiting to watch a show on a Labor Day weekend, and there's 250 gay men and some lesbians were all on a hill together, swaying together, singing Queen songs. And there's just these ex- amazing experiences I've had of meeting people from all over the world in a social environment where phones and technology weren't part of the equation, where we really got right. to know people. I've made friends all over the world. And right. there's just these amazing moments in my life I've had, or even like the Connecticut Bear Weekend or you know Bear Week in P-Town, all these times where if you're really there connecting with people – most amazing experience you'll ever have. But social By media. Connecting, you mean orgy? Got it. Well, there's the 50, there's so many connections you could have, but no, it's the the it's not personal anymore. Now it's all technology and social media and apps, and these are experiences. I feel sorry for people who can't experience these amazing things that even just five years ago, six years ago, we got to experience, and now it's like. It's like you have to travel to have it or have a special occasion to have it. You just can't have it on a regular daily basis when technology takes over. And the history is not, like you, like Joe said, you know, we forget what happened past, you know, a month ago. And, you know, we're focusing on American Idol or Kim Kardashian or something. We're not paying attention to what's really important in our world and connecting on a human level and caring about human interests anymore. I, you know, well, no, that really everything is, yeah, it, 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 it's, go ahead, Candy, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, everything is just tied into social media, and that's what people, like, the social media and, and video games and everything, everybody's just into this media world, and it's like outside reality almost ceases to exist for some people. Well, when you're a creative you're right. person, when you're a creative person, I mean, you know, all the, these, the people we have on tonight are just, I, I can't sing their praises enough. They all do what they do better than anybody else. I mean, Ken is doing a fantastic job with his outreach. Ricky is just a prolific artist. Bryce is a showman. Uh, he's an entertainer, uh, as well as somebody who does a fantastic job with the pole dancing and stripping, but he's an entertainer. And that takes a connection. If you see all three of these men, and you see them in their element, they all use their creativity to connect with, with their audiences. And the thing that I'm worried about, you know, even, you know, I've, I've acted. I, I, was, I, I did an independent film two years ago. And when you have to draw on anything to be creative, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, you have to draw on real-life experiences, and you have to draw on feelings and things that came from real connections. And I'm wondering, how does that happen as we, you know, we were going more and more into this world where everything's done through an app, like Ken was saying, or social media, after a while, I think it kills the creative process as well because I think the real creative process, we can enhance it with social media and we can share it. I mean, I love to share what Bryce does. I love to share what Ricky does. I love to share what Ken does. I love to promote it. But 
you can't have the, the foundation of it without having a personal connection. That's what I think. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about killing the real creative fire where this all comes from and seeing it really kind of getting stifled because of the fact that there's less of that direct kind of connection going on and more and more of just a social media kind of thing. Um, and I'm also very worried about the, the lack of knowledge of history. That really does scare me. Uh, it, I've never seen it more prevalent than now. Um, and then I see these three guys going out and making connections. So, I mean, there's hope. But, I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do, you, how do you meet that challenge? What do you, I mean, any of you, jump in. How do you, how do you keep your creative fire going in the, in the face of I just of whip out my penis. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. It's not on their phone. I just put my penis on their phone, and it's, I don't know. I mean, honest, in all honesty, yeah, we've done shows at Partners where people are taking pictures, and I recall many times where I go and I take the phone out of their hand, I put it in between my butt cheeks, and I walk back on stage. So uh, not that that's the exact same thing, but uh, I, I, I don't know. People either love or hate me, and I'm still just going to be crazy because, and unmedicated other than, you know, non-prescriptive. You know, I'll do any drug other than a prescription. <laughs> Those are bad. <laughs> So, hey, actually, never mind. Let me get rid of that. As a business owner, uh, drugs are bad. Um, Thank you, Lenny Bruce. Sometimes prescription it, drugs are good. Thank you. Go ahead. And, and you know, I, I, I'm just obnoxious, I think, and that's what it is. And I said people either love me or hate me, but I'm still going to be obnoxious. And, and if you can't respect the fact that I'm coming over and saying hello to you, even though I'm slurring and I'm drunk and naked uh, – then and you're not going to put down your phone. Then you should probably just go home, or you should stand outside, or something else. Uh, because the easiest thing to do is to put someone, a smile on someone's face by saying hello. And, and you know, most people from the experiences that I've had in the strip clubs, they're just nerve. They're waiting for someone to greet them. They, they may be, you know, they're used to just being on social media and looking at their phone instead of like because they get anxiety or they they don't know how to say hello. So it's just about breaking the ice. And uh, just this last weekend, I was at Trevi Lounge and I was like, hey, talking to some people. And I was like, oh, what's your name? They're like, oh, you've met us like ten times. I was like, oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm normally wasted. They were like, we were just at your Super Bowl show. And I was like, that was like seven days earlier. <laughs> and, you know, at least I said hello, and they didn't. You know, they laughed it off. So it was like Tim and somebody else. I, I don't know. Either way, it's a, a white guy and a Spanish guy, and I'm sure I'll ask their names again next time. But that's a fantastic story. No, but yeah. making, no making the connection yeah. is good. Yes. I'm I'm going to need you to give Bryce a spanking now. Why? It's fetish, and that's double. All fetish because, is double. Because, because remember, he earned one before the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I like what he's saying about connecting. I like. I, now, there's another thing too. It, it takes a little bit of confidence, a lot of confidence, to go out there and connect with people. And I think it is important if you want to make any kind of a real impact, you have to make some kind of connection. And that I think, again, I think all creative work and force, whatever you do, showbiz, performing, it comes from having the ability to do that. But do any of you struggle with shyness? I, 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 I'm not assuming anything. I've, I've known people who can take off their clothes and can yes. be great erotic performers, and they can be, still be shy in their own way. Do any of you still Nobody believes shy? me, man. I'm, the, the, I'm very, very yeah. shy until I people. I know you're going to laugh. And when I walk in a club, I have the, the highest anxiety out of anybody. You know, so people like to, oh, and, and talk, and I just need to go in a corner, let my anxiety come down because I don't take prescription drugs like the doctors say. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is very hard. But 
once I've created this network and this family that's around me, now it's much easier for me to go say hello to three people I don't know because there's 100 people in the room that I know. Um, but even every time I go into ecstatic, if I don't know any, or, or X room, you know, certain strip clubs, if I don't know anybody, it, I'm a completely different person. You give me a microphone and, and a few cocktails, and <laughs> that's a different story. Well, how do you get over that, though, Bryce? How do you, how do you get over that barrier that allows you to connect with people and, and not be afraid? Alcohol. No, like I say, I think I've most of my shows I've created like a community now. Even the Super Bowl show and uh, where you guys, I'm comfortable in front of forty of you. So the other forty don't matter. You know what I mean? I'm surrounded by a family. Is what I feel. Yes, it's weird to be a stripper and have your family there. Um, but you guys know from the social media and stuff. And I call the guys cock watchers and and. Uh, I really think of it as a family, and sometimes I look back and see the connections that people made that they would have probably never made if I didn't have my stripper Facebook. I mean, maybe they would have some other way through social media, but there's people like Cobalt King and, you know, people yeah. from uh, upstate New York like Nick Hudson that would have never met, you know, and Cobalt King and Donovan, however, I, they met in New York City somehow, and they already tittled each other's Netherlands or nether regions before the daddy show. I was like, do you know Donovan? And there was this awkward smile, and I didn't think Cobalt went to black chocolate like that, but apparently something happened. And Ricky Roman. Don't forget Ricky Roman. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I thought, like I said, you know, this is about me tonight. No, I love Ricky. <laughs> he and I started at Ecstatic before it was X Room together, and he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal person. Uh, I look at him as my little brother that likes to get banged in the butt for money, you know? So, <laughs> and he did lots of also, money. He's actually very uh, articulate. I actually knew Ricky uh, um, before. Um, I knew about his performing. We actually worked together, and we knew each other. We lived in the same area. Uh, and he's a very articulate, very well-spoken, uh, very smart young man. Uh, and he, but he, he loves Bryce, and he loves that family. Now, you guys, Ricky, Ricky and Ken, how do you overcome? Uh, do you deal with shyness, or is, this, is it easy for you to, to get that connection with people? Shyness? I've always been very shy, believe it or not. I agree. Um, Mm. I know I, I am. I, I, I still feel like there's a, a small portion of myself that is still a little bit shy when it comes to um, doing anything, really, you know, whether it's um, performing or whether it's just kind of um, showing off new artwork. I, I get very incredibly um, self-conscious about things like that. And, um, you know, I just kind of have to just trust that, you know, my creativity will speak for itself and, you know, people will either appreciate it or, enjoy it or not, and I just can't focus on, you know, who may not, you know, like what I do and just focus on the fact that I'm enjoying what I'm doing versus mm-hmm. anything else, you know what I mean? Well, you know, there's a, but, uh, there's a saying that says um, a third of the people are going to like you no matter what, a third of the people are going to hate you no matter what, so you really only have to focus on the third that are undecided. <laughs> yeah, so... I never thought that's about that way, but yeah. That's without your penis and you're I'm good to go, go Ricky. <laughs> by, by the way, Ricky and Ken, I've been perving your uh, Facebook pages. Very handsome. That's, all three that's why I've been so quiet. I've been perving Wake your up. Facebook pages. They're very, very handsome. These are all three, on top of everything else we've been talking about, these are all extremely attractive men. Uh, and I, don't, I hope I'm not embarrassing all three of you. But uh, they all were when oh, I first. Understatement. I'm I'm kind of upset, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they, these these are three very attractive gentlemen, inside and out. But they they all, 
you know, there are lots of people who are, uh, you know, there was a time when I was a part of the adult film industry too, and I did all the bare pinup stuff. But there's lots of people who do pinups. There's lots of people who do adult film work. There's lots of people who do artwork, and, and there's lots of different ways to be creative. Um, but the warmth and the genuine energy that these three men have about really, really loving when they connect in a, in, a, in a positive way with people. It's very evident. When you meet all three of them and you see them in their element, when you see Bryce at his show, when you see Ricky when he's doing performance art, when you see Ken when he's in front of a group of people uh, helping out and, and doing outreach, you see how much they really genuinely love making that positive connection and really making people feel good and making them feel comfortable about themselves. Uh, you never know that they're battling with shyness that because they're making you feel better about yourself, and you never know that any of this stuff is going on. Um, I do think, I mean, just from my own experience, a lot of people I've met um, who are creative, they do battle with this. That's why I had to ask. Ken, I mean, do you battle with shyness as well? or I do, um, you know, shyness, anxiety, et cetera, but the only, you know, I'm a very driven person, so if I have a job to do, like I'm, you know, my job is to, outreach you know do outreach and be a spokesperson and be a mentor or anything i can my duties or my goals or my you know anything i'm doing kind of overcomes the shyness so i mean i only have a title year is only 12 months i have so much to do in such a little time and so many things i want to accomplish that i get so into it that i almost forget about my shyness mm-hmm well, I so think I mean, the thing about all, well, that's yeah. good. Go ahead. I mean, it, it, it's good to be able to to forget about that. I actually have a serious question. I know, don't don't faint, Joe. But um, <laughs> Bryce Bryce has jokingly mentioned a few times about um, anxiety and, and and prescription drugs and those kinds of things. But I find that personally, I know a lot of creative people actually do suffer from yes. anxiety or something else um, yes. that that's close to that. So, um, I mean, I know I, I personally do myself and I don't know. Sometimes I think those deep, dark places, my mind takes me, helps me write my serial killer books. But on a serious side, do you find that that's, that's true too, that, that anxiety and those kinds of things actually run with creativity? I believe so. Uh, I, I think so too, actually, you know, when it comes to a lot of the artwork that I do, um, a, a lot of my creativity comes from that. You know what I mean? So it, it's, you know, as bad as it sounds, you know, it, it's it's kind of a source of inspiration for me. <laughs> so I, I, I take what makes me anxious or nervous or sad or, you know, all those feelings that people associate with uh, being something very negative and um, I'm able to kind of create from that. And I, I've always thought that that was, you know, what helps uh, draw people to my work because there's that connection that people feel to it because there are emotions that everybody goes through in, in one way or another and everybody kind of connects with that. So they connect with my work because they kind of get the feeling of what it's based from, you know, in their own way. Mm-hmm. I, can anybody else want to jump in before I say something? No, I, 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 I dozed off. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> if there's no penis humor, I fall asleep quickly. Uh, Ken, did you want to say something before I speak? I yeah. want to give you a chance. To I believe if you're passionate about something or if you care a lot, you're going to have, you know, fear, anxiety, shyness, but it's, you know, what drives you. I think it's like I watch each one, like my co-host or everybody on the show with tonight, 
Like, I see Bryce. Like, a year ago, had I met Bryce, I might not have understood him. But I see he's a hardworking businessman. He yes, he, he brings joy. He makes people happy. Yes. I'm glad I got to know him. You know, he reached too. out to me. He's, he's such a genuine person. And yes. I... I have a hard time picturing you shy because I see him. He's always on the ball. He's always ready to go. He's always making people laugh and enjoy themselves. And the same with Ricky. It's, I wouldn't know that either of these gentlemen have, you know, fear, anxiety, shyness, anything, because they're so passionate about what they do. They work so hard at what they do that yes. that's all you see is their drive. You don't see the rest. You don't see a lot of people. I think, uh, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I have to throw that back at you. Um, that, you and Ricky and Bryce are all incredibly hardworking men. What I don't think people appreciate, you know, with with all the, the fun that you allow us to have and the way you make the outreach entertaining, the way that Ricky makes his artwork look so easy, his performance art, he makes it look so effortless. The way that Bryce always makes you think that, you know, it, you don't know he's only had two hours sleep and he's driven from Albany back to New Haven and he's done three shows that day and he's still trying to make you smile and turn it on. You all work really hard and I don't think people realize the, when they see the fun, they don't see the hard work that goes into it and they don't see all the, all the, the effort and how effortless, you know, you all make it look and you're real pros at that. Um, but about the shyness thing, I've got to jump in here. Um, I want to emphasize something else too. Uh, I think people make the mistake a lot of the time of just taking for granted on top of what I just said about, you know, you make it look easy. They assume it's easy. They don't realize all the work that's been going on. They don't know the struggle behind it. They also, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, make the assumption that when somebody is always fun and appears to be able to make light of everything, um, that there's not a serious side behind that, that, you know, behind the laughter is a lot of tears. Uh, there was this, I don't know who said it. I don't know if I'm going to get this exactly right, but there's a saying that goes along the lines that, you know, uh, behind the biggest laughter are even greater tears when people are smiling all the time. Um, I think people need to be more cognizant of the fact that uh, what we see does not always really convey what's going on with somebody and, and why Robin and how that's a part of – yes, Robin Williams, Marilyn Monroe, um, you know, or, or anyone who engages in the creative process. Uh, we don't know the struggles they've had. I know, I mean, uh, my family on my dad's side in particular, uh, riddled with strife and mental illness and alcoholism and drug addiction, the whole bit. And I learned to try to just uh, have a sense of humor too and to, uh, and, and, you know, throw myself into a lot of work <laughs> to distract myself because it was just really You make horrendous. it sound so fun, Joe. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, I think most I mean, of like... And humor come from like the deep dark depressions, and you know you guys have seen my highs and my lows and my breakups and all that. And I put out everything out there. You know, there was a day that I walked into Gotham. Not that I'm proud of it, but you know, I went through a tough breakup with somebody that I really, really care about. And I looked at the boss on the way, and I was like, "Listen, I'm fucked up. I've been up for three days blowing coke, and please edit that out." Uh, I was like, "I'm fucked up. I'll be okay by showtime here." Uh, but I just want to let you know what's going on. And and so, you know, if I if I didn't have the highs and the lows, or if I didn't have the lows, I wouldn't have the highs. And, and where would I get this great material from? Like, where would I get the material about, you know, banging a girl and not remembering her name? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think people have to be sad to be creative. Otherwise, you know, if you're happy all the time, nobody likes rainbows all the time. Jesus Christ. How about a cloud once in a while? Yeah, you got no, too I've... young. 
<laughs> you guys are too young to know who uh, uh, Sophia Loren is. Do you all know who Sophia Loren is? Yeah. Who doesn't know who the Sophia Loren is? Okay. Hello. Sophia Loren went through, uh, I don't know, uh, she won the Oscar. <laughs> Sophia Loren is a beautiful, beautiful Italian actress. Uh, she won the Oscar for a movie called Two Women, which basically was uh, a lot of recreating of what she actually went through. Uh, it was a tr- horrific movie. Um, and at the end, a mother witnesses her own daughter being raped after they survive all the terrors of the war, and she thinks she's made it home free, and then she has to watch her daughter get raped. Uh, Sophia Loren was really reenacting a lot of what she went through uh, in Italy, and she made a great statement along the lines of what you're talking about. She said uh, in her biography, uh, eyes can never be beautiful until they've cried tears. Right. Right. Well, I think that's I actually, uh, I, I need to, I need to interrupt just for a second for, with, with a couple things from some fans. I don't want to miss out on the fans. So, first of all, uh, Ricky, we have a listening who says hello. I guess you guys have known each other. He said for about twenty five years. What's that? There's a Lewis in What's the chat room that wanted me to say hello to you. Oh hi. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you guys have known each other for a while, so. I'm saying hello. Time. And secondly, it's Ricky's John, escort. Oh God. John John has called me on the fact that I don't ask you guys the tough questions like I asked him when he was on the show. So, boys, are you showers or growers? <laughs> Whoa, a tough, a tough question. Jesus, come to a show and find out. It's only ten fucking dollars. <laughs> I'm a grower. Before I started stripping, I didn't know that there were showers and growers, and I also didn't know there was tops and bottoms in verse. Because for me, the act of sex is, you know, fucking a female. And I'm sorry. So, so. Well, we're on the show. And it was Black History Month. So I ask about the myth that most black men are showers, not growers. I thought it was viable for our audience. Thank God. So, John John wanted me to make sure that I asked you guys a tough question. So there you go. Now, Ricky and Ken, the ball's in your court. Well, John, John, you can see it in person when I see you next month. <laughs> Bring your magnifying glass. And we'll know tonight in a little while after the show's over. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the snow. I always need to know. Tell me. Uh, meet me after the show. Okay. Let's go. Uh, any more questions? Any more? Uh, in other words, we're, we're not, uh, as far as growing or showing, we're not showing and what we're are, not telling. Wait, so what are you? What are you? There's nothing Can left I, for me not to show. Or I am right next to you. <laughs> what are you? Don't make me the fifth. I'm, I'm going to say I'm a grower because when you see my three-inch penis, like, I say I'm a shower, like, we've got issues. That's important, then, you know. <laughs> it's actually amazing. My penis knows to go inside its shell, so I go turtle up, and he turtles right up. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, well, I'm yeah, man. Listen, sometimes he's got to turtle up and go behind the pubic hair. I swear to God. Oh, so, speaking of turtles. <laughs> Well, my, right, there's nothing there, left for me not to show. Candy, I mean, uh, at this point, my life's an open book, I, so I don't know. You know, John, left John told me it wasn't fair if I didn't ask, so I asked. Okay. I'm not, I'm not yeah, hey, I, that's, a, that's a legit question. I think it's a cool question. I think it was answered very well by everybody. How about you, Candy? I don't think you, you answered answer it, Joe, did you? <laughs> are, are you a grower or a shower, Candy? Well, uh, <laughs> the nipples grow. Does that count? Does that count? What about yeah. the clit? Oh! It is, it is not huge, but it is powerful. Nice. Eagle? It is, it is TNT. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy. Uh, 
almost taste it from here. <laughs> there you Any go. Any more uh, fan questions out there? Or See, I, I'm Joe. There's two fans. Like, like, let's stop begging here, Jesus. There's <laughs> <laughs> anybody else in the world? Our, our radio show has about nine hundred and seventy thousand fans. I heard. I heard. I was very uh, shocked. Well, and they we, we covered <laughs> like I do. So. I would actually disappoint him if I didn't ask questions like that. Okay, well we, we've covered that. We've covered those those uh, very important okay. questions. Since we're kind of in the Henri area, what is the favorite part of your partner's body to kiss, other than the penis or vagina? Ah, because well, those are neck. obvious answers. The other answer. Definitely all about the neck. Oh, sorry. Favorite <laughs> part to kiss the partner's body. The neck. The neck for me. Neck, yeah. Well, Necking one of. One of the. One of, okay. For me, for me, it depends who it is. But uh, my ex had this this terrible Chinese tattoo or Japanese tattoo behind her ear, and for whatever reason, I just loved kissing that terrible tattoo. But in all honesty, it depends who it is. And you find that special spot on that special person, I think, you know, and that's the spot for her anyway. Behind the ear is a very good spot. The neck behind the ear, those are two big G spots, yeah. Those, those are two uh, good spots. I'm, I'm going to say neck. These spots don't exist. That's just something we tell females they have just in case they come. <laughs> Ricky, you say, you say neck too, Ricky? Is that what you say? I have a G spot, I, and I, I know where mine is. Thanks. You show me. <laughs> Right now. Ricky likes the neck too. Is that what you're saying, Ricky? Yeah, I did. Ricky likes I, the neck I, too. I, um, I actually like to bite necks, but that's probably a different thing. That was going to be my next question: Is who likes to bite? I knew it, Ricky. Oh yes, I my kind of guy. Like lips and necks and ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody said. You know, I'm really shocked. At me. <laughs> nobody said nipples. I'm, I'm really shocked that that's a like, oh, of course. That that, that's a given. So many guys have licked and bit my. Ne- I can't imagine. Oh God, sorry. <laughs> that's taking me to a weird place. Like, and I think someone owes me money now. <laughs> I'm that's sorry, like Bryce. You, you, you need me to lick your nipples and make it better. No, in all honesty, like I'm not. There's so, so many things that you know, like. Female people have asked, you know, if I like my ass played with. I can't even be comfortable enough because it reminds me of work, where you have those creepy individuals that just try to get you, you know. And right. I make jokes all the time about my pubes being my whiskers, just like a cat. They let me know when you're too close. But you know, guy, you could be walking by and some guy just tries to stick his finger in your butt. So there's certain areas like my nipples and in my butt. I think I'm going to need like 10 years of retirement before I can even just be comfortable with somebody to go near. You know, it just it I can see brings that. me to a place I where I feel like I've been taken advantage of. So, uh, you know, main the the main thing I like to do is, you know, just go down on my dick. How about that? <laughs> One day I'll be comfortable. <laughs> that's that's a good place to start. <laughs> well, well, and I think that's, a good, that's a good point for entertainers to actually bring up because I think that you get handled so much, technically, that it has mm-hmm. to be different for you when it's in a personal a more personal situation. Yeah, and it stinks like like when you're not getting paid for it at home. It's like, yeah, it's probably more sensual, but like really. God. You what you want your girlfriend to pay for it? 
<laughs> my last girlfriend actually started as my customer. She's a, she was a dancer as well, but she respects the hustle, and she would come and get lap dances. And I know a lot of the guys used to be jealous. They're like, how do you get this Barbie to come pay you to dance? Or like, you must be fucking her. But that was it. You don't fuck your customers until you have to. Yeah, so. don't shit where you eat. Yeah, absolutely. That applies, that applies, that applies to waiters, too. Yeah. But she is an amazing sugar mommy. So oh, uh, do I make pay for it? No, but some way or another, Bryce needs to be taken care of. Uh, we all poverty. Pay for it yes. <laughs> we all have we all pay for it somehow. I now hey, I got a question. This brings up something. How do all three of you in your you know, deal with uh people who give you shit? I mean we we've all got fans, we've all we've we've got haters too. How do you keep on keeping the confidence to go on and go on stage and perform and do outreach and do your artwork when you've got so, when you've got haters who are like really relentlessly just chipping away at you. How do you how do you how do you deal with that? I just don't pay attention to them really. I I think I got enough lovers that, you know, I don't have to worry about if anybody's hating on me, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what though, but when you're successful you there's always haters. There's always gonna be haters because they're not haters aren't good enough to step out of their own way and make something of their life, so they're going to hate yours. I think that the, the problem I have to deal with more is, you know, when it comes to my own, you know, I'm always my own worst self-critic. So sometimes I feel like I'm probably my own, my biggest hater when it comes to mm-hmm. something that I do because I'm constantly criticizing. Why you're so amazing? Because you continually practice prove, prove because you hate yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's uh, I. I that that's probably the one that I have to deal with the most. So <laughs> I have to be my own self hater and my own self, you know, critic and and things like that. So you know, as far as anybody else is concerned, you know, I I, I luckily I don't really hear too much of people giving me negative comments. So I'm not really aware of you know people hating on anything that I'm doing. So I mean, if they do, they pretty much do it in silence. And if they're being vocal about it, I luckily I'm pretty deaf, so I don't even hear it. So. <laughs> But there's there's a lot of rejection in 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 uh, show business and performing and being just a creative person and and being an outreach advocate or just a public person. How do you keep your confidence, even if you're if it's it's that you're self-critical? How do you keep allowing yourself or giving yourself permission to keep going out there and keep doing what you do when you? You're you're feeling self-critical or whatever it is. Where does that confidence come from? Is it somebody who's a mentor? I feel like it's it's because I have a lot of people that you know. I mean, I've been told so many times from different people that you know they believe in my, in in me and they believe in my abilities and they believe in um you know the the, the you know the causes that I you know um, get involved with and things like that and you know they 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 remind me that you know I'm inspiring them and things like that so. You know, when I hear positive feedback, it definitely, you know, puts me in a different position to, like, you know, uh, view myself differently and in, in what I'm actually doing. It does, you know, it does have a, a good effect on myself. You know what I mean? So if I'm not hearing anything back positive, I'm just, you know, hearing the own voices in my own head that, that are telling me it's not good enough. You know what I mean? And um, and that, that's not an entirely negative thing because, it you know, it always pushes me to kind of, feel like if I if I feel like I can do better at something then at least it kind of motivates me to you know try harder at something or you know work harder or try something different that may give me a different result and things like that so I don't want to you know make it sound like I I'm completely negative about it because a lot of times you can take a word that 
people may associate with being something, you know, very negative and actually look at it in a positive way because in general, I want to say I'm pretty positive about a lot of things, even if, you know, some of the things I say may come across sounding a little negative. I'm just kind of blurting on and on and on. <laughs> I think I'm sounding like a broken record at this point. But no, no, no. I don't know. I have a question. I just, I just started, you know, talking there. <laughs> no, you're keeping, you're keep, Ricky. You're keeping it real, and that's the I'm keeping it real. I can only keep it real. You're, you're all keeping it real, and I think being genuine is good. But this is a really serious issue. I mean, I, I've heard when I was in acting school in New York, uh, a lot of people made comments about. You know, often it's the people who have superior drive and lesser talent who really make it because it takes a lot of drive to keep on going. Now, that doesn't apply to all three of you because all three of you are very talented at what you do. But, Ken, I'm curious, how do you, what's your, what do you have to say about any of this? Well, I learned one thing in life in general, that people are always going to hate or try to bring you down. But if you let that phase you, if you let that stop you, then you're letting them win. I would rather, you know, try to tune them out and prove them wrong by succeeding at what it is I'm trying to do and give them less credibility. And I find most people who have an issue with me or a cause or an establishment or anything are people who are bitter and holding on to something that's more about them and not so much about you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's been some pretty famous people that, like Barbara Streisand, she never reads anything that the critics put out. She just, you know, I mean, I think you have to take things like that with a grain of salt and decide whether you want to allow that negativity in to your energy and in, or whether you just want to go on. I mean, it's different if somebody's giving you something that's constructive that's going to help you out in the long run. But if they're just, just being haters, then you don't even really have to pay attention to them because it's not going to matter what you do, they're going to still... You could send someone to the moon and they'll still hate on you. I was going to ask, do you think anyone's truly extremely successful is extremely confident? Because I think, like, a lot of my drive comes from, and obviously Ricky kind of mentioned it, you know, we're our own worst critics. So, you know, when people are telling me I suck, I'm like, you you, you don't even know how much I suck. You know, so sometimes the easiest way for me to do it is I just blast them on Facebook, screenshot, and then I, you know, tag 15 of my cock watchers in it, and I'm like, get them. And I just like to embarrass the people for being stupid or, or for having something to say, especially when they've never come see a show or they've never seen Ricky's artwork right. or, or don't even know what they're looking at. Um, because, you know, that's what my built this silly little family for that likes to come see me get naked all the time is for my own, you know, backbone. But, you know, I most people know, like, even Ricky has taken a million of my photos, and, and I just hate the way that I look, and, and most of my guys hate the way they look, and that's why we look the way we do, and that's why we work so hard. It's because of self-hate, where you guys can be like, oh, you look amazing. Well, I don't see what you see. I see my lower belly fat. I see I need I need a bigger butt, you know. Uh, right. And so whatever you say, I've already said 150 times to myself, you know, exactly. I just want you to know why you're being wrong. And that's why I try to blast them is so they can learn what a douchebag they're being and, and how whatever they're, they're saying negatively uh, isn't helping, you know, anybody. You know, it's it's only making me angry and then I'm going to take your phone and stick it in my butt. You know, I don't know. You're also there's more. I mean, Bryce is also, uh, we've said it, and so Ricky, Ken, Bryce, all three of them, they really do go out of their way to uh, be loyal to the people who have, have been there with them. And they are very, very good with their audiences, and 
that goes beyond just appearances. Uh, the, uh, as I said, I mean, these are all three extremely attractive men, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. But they're also extremely uh, giving men and generous. They've been very gracious to lots of people besides me um, and always donate their time for outreach uh, without taking a penny and really helped out with, with projects that help our communities. And there, there's a big heart there as well. I, I think... I think that says a lot about them. You know, there's lots of people who are... That says a lot about who who a person is. If you're willing to give to those that are less fortunate than you, especially, you know, some of us have had pretty rough lives. We've had had obstacles that we've overcome, too. We've overcome a lot of stuff, but we don't take time to dwell on what we've overcome. We take time to see what somebody else needs to help to overcome. And I think that that really right there tells you, you know, who the people you are around you. And... You know, like Bryce said, he has himself surrounded by people, and that's what you have to do. You, you you don't surround yourself by the haters. You surround yourself by the people that support you, no matter what. Even when you even when you do suck, it's important to have people around you that say, "Hey, that's okay. You'll get them next time." Or you know, I mean, it's important to have those people in your life, and it's important, I think, um, to give back because. I don't know. Well, speaking me, of just, giving back, Louie, I think yes. that's something we all have in common, though. Joe, Candy, Bryce, Ricky, myself, is we all like community. We like people. We want to surround ourselves with people. We want to educate people. Amazing people, not just people, but yet, you know, people that understand one another and people that support one another, you know, through thick and thin. So, But we all have a vision of people being happy and people being in groups and people being together, and I think that's one thing we all have in common. We want to reach out to everybody we can and, you know, my vision is more of a orgy and, and everyone paying me for it. So my vision is a little different, but it's still happy. <laughs> there's a great oh, quote by uh, um, there's, yeah. a, there's a quote. Um, I see. I, I, my aside from the other stuff that you know I've done, I, I'm, I'm, I've also worked as a mental health counselor, and I, I've got a master's degree in counseling. So there's part of me that's always fascinated by by people and, and what actually motivates them and what allow someone who is creative to to overcome whatever they need to overcome. There's a great quote by Marilyn Monroe uh, where she said, um, I always knew that I would belong to the public because I never belonged to anybody else. And I'm just thinking about that yeah. as everybody's speaking. Yeah, she. I mean, Marilyn Monroe, of course, you know, she grew up in orphanages. Her, She was born illegitimate. She never knew her father. Her mother was insane. She was relegated to foster care where she was raped and abused. And uh, the only thing she connected with was with, with belonging to the public. And uh, I don't know if any of the three gentlemen we have have, you know, dark places like that. Um, but I think a lot of creative people do actually connect with others, maybe out of a sense of wanting to use whatever happened as an opportunity to do something positive, which is really wonderful um, that that Ken and Ricky and Bryce, you know, whatever whatever is they, they, they deal with, they use it as an opportunity. Um, I'm just still, I'm still very fascinated where you get this confidence from uh, to do that. I, I mean, it, what you do takes a lot of confidence to, to go out and do performance art, to go out and, and entertain people and do burlesque and strip in public. Uh, to be a title holder, to be out doing outreach, this takes a lot of confidence. It really does. And takes a lot. Uh, of can, I, can I just say, Joe, that that this is um, this is not something that I was doing all my life, really. You know what I mean? Because 
um, this really started like much later in life, so to speak, as far as mm-hmm. you know, doing this kind of thing with putting myself really out in the public like that. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going back to what we were saying before, you know, about being shy and stuff like that. That was always, you know, something that I struggled with, and it was really, you know, people pulling me out of the shadows that kind of got me a little bit more comfortable with it. You know what I mean? So, so, so it took the, these these people who who were supportive and and kind of encouraged you with your creativity of course, to get you. Yeah, and, and and everybody needs that. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where it's like I knew I wanted to do certain things. I just, you know, I I did couldn't find it in myself to like do it myself. So I mean, people kind of had to drag me out and be like, "Look what he can do." And um, then when I saw that people were actually responding, you know, positively to it, then I was like, "Okay, now I feel a little better about you know." showing my artwork or, you know, being involved in things and things like that. So speaking of things being involved with, um, can we talk about Animal Crackers for a hot second? We absolutely. We're not going to end this show without all three of you plugging the incredible work you do, locations, times. Uh, We'll start with you, Ricky. Tell us us all the upcoming great stuff that we can expect. Okay, well, we got an event coming up called Animal Crackers. It's a benefit for this group – based in Bridgeport, called A Hand for a Paw. And basically what they do is um, it's an organization that, that really tries to help people keep their pets. Um, they, they know that there's a huge problem in, in a lot of places, not just in Bridgeport, but I'm sure it's everywhere else, where animal shelters are just you know overcrowded. Uh, people are dumping their pets there um, for whatever the reason. Some people have legitimate reasons. Some people you know just don't want them anymore, or whatever the reason is, there's just a lot of animals in shelters waiting to be adopted. And some of them can't be adopted, and that's understandable because some people don't know how to raise their animals when they do get them. And, you know, they just kind of make a mess of them, and then they really can't be, you know, put into, like, you know, homes with, like, families and children and things like that. But a lot of them are very lovable pets that, you know, for one reason or another – ended up there, and basically the, you know, this group is really trying to just help people keep their pets so that they don't have to, like, you know, bring them to shelters or, you know, leave them as a stray and have, you know, animal control pick them up or whatever. So part of what we're doing is we're trying to help, um, what do you call it, raise uh, some, some, you know, food for this organization that they can distribute to um, different families, um, you know, who are, you know, struggling financially to, to hold on to their pets. So, I mean, it's an organization, they rely on, you know, people donating uh, not just food, but other pet supplies, as well as, you know, financial kind of um, donations and things like that, so that they can, you know, help out people that really care for their pets and want to keep them for the duration of, you know, their lives, because that's kind of what these pets trust their owners to do, is kind of like hold on to them till the end of it. And, um, Wonderful. So that's and kind of, you know, the event that we're doing. It's taking place at Trevi mm-hmm. Lounge on March 5th. Uh, March 5th? Between 7 p.m. and 2 a.m. Yes, March 5, 2006. March 5. At 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. at Trevi Lounge at 584 Kings Highway Cutoff in Fairfield, Connecticut. And this is a combination uh, of raising awareness as well as a fundraiser. Yes, and people should raising bring awareness, food. raising funds, raising uh, food. Um, we are going to have, uh, we, we're going to have, you know, the representative from the organization are going to be there with information of, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, not only what they do, but how you can help out and volunteer and, and you know, what sort of things you can do to, um, you know, raise awareness about this kind of issue. So hopefully And you're going to have raffle prizes and all kinds of stuff? What's We're that? raffling off my virginity. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah ben and you're more. gonna have. Um, uh, can you also bring like leashes and 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 uh, slightly used uh, like uh, pet clothes and stuff like that, or anything for pets aside from food? As, as far as donations. Yes. I mean, essentially, what we're focusing on really is the food. But, okay. I mean, the, the organization really can't take anything. You know, they will, you know, if somebody brings in kitty litter, they're not going to turn it down because it's not edible. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> okay. um, so, I mean, really any kind of pet supplies, we just decided to kind of, you know, focus on the food. So it wasn't confusing to people, like, what sort of things they need. Um, that, that's why we just put more of a, you know, make it easy on people. We need pet food, cat food, dog food, bird seed, you know, something. Um, right and things like that. But, I mean, the, the, you know, the people are also more than welcome to bring other things. Sometimes they'll need, like, leashes or, um, you know, toys and, and, and any sorts mm-hmm. of things. So. Call Omar. He's got plenty of leashes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so we do have a, quite a few things going on for that night. We're going to have, you know, obviously we're going to have a you know, dance party. Uh, we're going to have entertainment. we got some entertainers coming down. To uh, do a performance, we're going to have raffles. We've already, you know, have a number of people that are reaching out to us um, that want to participate and donate things for our raffle. So that's, um, you know, it's going to be a great night, and hopefully we'll be able to, um, you know, do something really special for this group. I think it's wonderful. I'm one of the. I'm bringing the Daddy Bear raffle basket because I love what you're doing. Nice. And and Ken, anything you want to add to that? Because I know this is a, you're doing this with Ricky. This is actually you're hosting this, and Ricky's. You and Ricky are producing this and making it happen. Anything else, uh, any other things coming up that you want to talk about? Yes, I want to plug uh, two other things, actually. On Saturday, February 27th, um, at Partners Cafe in New Haven, Connecticut, we are doing a lumberjack party. Yay. And we're raising money for Joe's and my favorite charity, True Colors. Yay. So um, come on out for a good cause, get festive, wear some, you know. Saw my wood. You know, <laughs> come bear it all and have fun. Um, you know, and it's really, we have, there's nothing better than having a good time to raise money for a good cause. And also, um, I have exciting news. You know, I'm yes. a representative of Mr. Connecticut Bear Incorporated. And t- yes. this year is, um, we have something exciting to tell you is we're doing a gigantic bear weekend hotel takeover in Meriden, Connecticut. It's all Ooh. one venue. There'll be a pool party and lots of party. It's a nonstop party for a weekend. And it's also going to be the um, Mr. Connecticut Bear 17 contest, which will be replacing me. And I will be there to step down. You're, not, you're irreplaceable. Great... You're irreplaceable, Ken. Why? Thank you, Joe. It's more so, it's going to be a very exciting weekend. I mean, there's lots going on. It's something new and different we're trying. It's a gigantic party and, you know, bear Orgy. gathering in Connecticut, which we really do need something like that. It's August 5th through the 7th in uh, Meriden at the Four Point Sheridan. There's more information at Mr. Connecticut Bear Incorporated, or you could find, you know, um, up Ken Benoit or Mr. Connecticut Bear 2016. And um, I would really like to see, you know, my community all together. And I recommend people who have never been to an event to try something like this because it really is going to be a great weekend. Well, you you both have a full plate. Yes, you both have a very full plate. Thank you for everything you're doing now. Drum roll, Bryce. (laughs) Coming up with you. 
I don't know, man. You know me. I'm quitting every single month after that Super Bowl show. Uh, you know, I decided I apparently created three more children, so I've got seven more years to work uh, just to pay child support. Um, at this point, uh, every single Tuesday, I have a small show at, at Gotham in New Haven. If I was amazing at my job, I would know the address. But, uh, you know, I'm a carpenter by day and whore by night. Um, so I didn't come. Street, New Haven, Connecticut. Um, the best thing that, that I would like people to do is go on Facebook and add Bryce Adonis, B-R-Y-C-E, Adonis like the Greek god, even though I'm German, uh, and, and like my photos, and you'll see, you'll see all the events that we're doing, because so many of them now are sporadic with the men of Eden and daddies of Eden, um, it's been really difficult for me to to get the whores all together, and, and I mean, you guys see me on show days. The daddies are pretty easy because they just they're really horny. They're old and hideous, so they're horny. You know, they're they're early. They leave late. Uh, and these young guys, they they just they want to be paid a million dollars to show up, and they show up late and, and leave early. So I'm trying to think of. Uh, maybe like a geriatric show um, where I wheel the guys in and then there's no problems getting them there or or bringing them home. So I would go on Facebook and add Bryce Adonis. And, I mean, uh, if you liked my jokes tonight, wait till you see my dick pics. <laughs> and it's the men of Eden as well as the daddies of Eden. I know you do a lot of shows. You have the shows at Gotham. Are you still performing anywhere else that we should know about? Um, for myself, I dance all the time at the Adonis Lounge in New York City. Uh, okay. I finally got my body back in tune. Thank God my girlfriend dumped me, you know, so now I, I you know, it's back at the gym. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be up in New York City a lot, hopefully making a lot of the money that I lost out on the Super Bowl show. <laughs> and then uh, I can pay child support. Um, I also da- dance at the X Room in Springfield, Mass. And yeah. um, like I said, the the men of Eden, the the shows you know always every Tuesday at Gotham, and uh, I've been working on some other places, uh, but mainly like the daddies seem to be taking off, and, and it's so much easier for me. And I'm 35 now, so I'm just trying to you know keep these pubes growing and this facial hair growing, and uh, hopefully I don't need you know I'm not balding anytime soon. So. Uh, you know, I don't know where we're going. I know I'm not going to stop because my finances won't allow me to. And uh, my stripper's drug habits are so bad that they need me to keep going. So uh, all I can say is tune in, you know. And if you really want to get a whore, bring some drugs, man. I mean, I, can, I know I joke a lot about drugs. I only love marijuana, and the rest are terrible for you. Thank you. And so we should check out Bryce Adonis to keep in touch with what's going on and keep abreast of the latest and the greatest. I can tell everybody his shows are genuinely very sexy, but they're genuinely, genuinely a shitload of fun. They are a lot of fun. And everybody's welcome. Everybody. Uh, Give me a microphone, in all honesty, and an outlet to speak. It's like I, I can't believe how I convinced these these people to do this, and, and I, it must have been the alcohol when when we signed the contracts and stuff. I don't know, but somehow <laughs> some ball got rolling somewhere, and it's it's been all downhill. So no, it's been uphill. You, you, it's because you're good at what you do. Uh, you are so people. You have choices, there, everybody. You can go to the Adonis Lounge in New York City. You can go to Springfield, Mass. To X Room, and you've got Gotham uh, in New Haven to see Bryce. dot com. DonisLounge.com and Men of Eden and Daddies of Eden. Check out the events on social media. Everybody, February 27th, check out Lumberjock for True Colors. 
supporting lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender youth, and that is Mr. Connecticut Bear, Ken Benoit. Is that the way you pronounce it, Ken? Or Benoit, either way. Benoit, okay. Are we going to be raffling someone eating sawdust off me on this one? <laughs> I don't know. Not unless you want to. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I don't no. know. I'm sure somehow, some way, my, my something's going to get eaten off of. Wait a minute. You do not want to play in sawdust. I just just trust me on that one. Just uh, I'm a carpenter by day, so, you know. Actually, you know what? Maybe someone could take a chainsaw to my pubic here now that the daddy thing is over. Oh, Mom? no, no, no. The daddy <laughs> thing is never over, Bryce. Yeah. Well, I mean the last show. I got to trim up, man. Nobody wants my dick in their mouth. It's weird. I, I feel for them. <laughs> well, I, I know that's nobody with hair in their mouth, trim. <laughs> it's funny though Honestly you see the females Like they do this trick Where they They pull down all the hair With like two fingers And then it's like I'm like Would you please Deep throat it But I can't be mad at them It's like a Brillo pad Who wants to stick their face In Brillo I do Well <laughs> oh, That's your wallet Ken That could be arranged There you go Ken I, I, We're about to we're, It's almost yeah. We're Are we like six minutes From closing here Any like last statements you, closing, I, I prefer trimmed or shaved Thanks <laughs> Yeah okay. you know When I was at Adonis Lounge One time And I've always kept A pube stash um, I, This gentleman goes Do you know anyone here With pubes I'm like I have them He's like no I want pubes And he went in the back With this kid That I think the kid was like I, I don't know Like Bulgarian or something Where they don't have razors I, I don't know But his <laughs> put mine to shame like he had a 10 inch penis and you couldn't even see it um <laughs> and that kid made 400 dollars that night so that's where my pubes came from you know i'm i'm looking for that guy one more time before i cut these things but i, I remember the kid he had a lot of pubes the guy stayed back there with him forever and, and he was only and i always carry pubes you know i i glue them on right before i get into work and i just didn't have enough that night so i want to be prepared you can always take them off you can't put them on from here to puberty <laughs> Okay. Well, we've gone from here eternity from here to puberty. Any last questions you want to ask, Candy, uh, before we, we close for the night? Any last things you want to throw out there? Uh, Did we have any more fan questions or anything? No, I want to ask, Candy, are you shaved or trimmed? Oh, shaved. You, because shaved. The, the bush is coming back on females again, like a nice little I, trim. And I don't uh, mind it. I like to feel... Not on the lips. The lips got to be clean shaved. No, no, you I know. No. But, for me, the sensation as a whole is just better if it's shaved. Isn't the weirdest thing in the world was was the landing strip? Where the f did that come from? Like, you know, on it, like it's like a sideways Hitler stash. I don't get it. How much time, and you got to be a skinny girl to be able to do that shit. So, <laughs> you have to have a volunteer or be skinny to do that landing strip thing. Just, I'm just saying. All right. So, are, are, like, are you asking me to volunteer? I'm confused. Dude, yeah, I'm just saying, as a thick girl, I don't bend that way. I bend lots of other ways, but not that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I think it was a fantastic show. I really loved getting to know all three of these incredible men, these sexy, wonderful, outgoing, big-hearted guys. Uh, everybody, please take note of the events that are going. It's well worth your time to go check out a show with Bryce. It's well worth your time to go to any of the events that Ricky and Ken are producing. And it's well worth our time to always have people like you on our show. You guys are amazing. Yeah, Thank I'm gonna you need so much. somebody to go to Bryce's show and really tell me how long the cubes are, okay? I've been to the show, I can tell you. Candy, you just gotta log on to Facebook, please. I just got banned for thirty days because I, I was drunk and I 
took a picture wow. with Ken with my nuts out, and by the time the show was over, it, it, like literally, someone report my fans reported it, and then Facebook said it violates standards. How did they not know that it was a piece of gum that I sat in? Really? I've been on your Facebook oh. page for like a year or two years, just like that. Yeah, but you never like anything. You're like, why don't you make me famous? Like, share something. Oh, well, you have to give me orgasms first. Listen, that's a myth. Women can't have orgasms. Like, really, I've never given one an orgasm. Oh, that, that is not true. I have dozens of them. <laughs> Maybe I should tell you how sarcastic I am, but I know my ex-wife never had an orgasm until we were divorced. Well, you know, some women have trouble getting off. So next it was actually, having breakfast, the first time she squirted was when we were going through divorce and we were still banging. She was all relaxed and didn't hate my guts anymore. And See? you know, all you needed was to divorce her, and then she could have orgasm. <laughs> yeah, we were also going through divorce, and she said something while she was tied up that I didn't like, so I left her tied up on the door. So then I cried. Uh, <laughs> I see a whole new career opening up for you, Bryce. <laughs> Bondage I'll stuff is it. really a. I will come to your house and tie you up and leave you there. Thank you very much. Only if you tickle my ass with a feather. Ooh. Hey, I like that one, too. I'll have to go get a feather. I only have a riding crop. Well. Just put your big old nipple in there. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, How was it for you, Candy? It was great for me. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was great. Thank you, gentlemen. Was it weird that I was watching Pornhub the whole time? No, no, I was sitting between Ricky and Ken the whole time because they said I could cuddle with them. Exactly. <laughs> I will never pass up a cuddle. So you'll you. excuse us. <laughs> I'm always left out. Always. Okay, it's for me, guys. Don't touch them. Keep them virgin for me, please. My boobs are huge. I have one pillow for each person. There you go. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm greedy. I'm taking both. <laughs> uh, I don't share, man. That's the first. You should come back on the show. I'm not a share when it comes to women, man. I, I can't. Right, I don't understand let that. Let me know when you're unblocked so I can share your stuff. Well, I have another, uh, a different page, Bryce Eden Adonis, that I created a long time ago because I go through these blocks periodically. So I have to keep that page clean for a little while. So add me on that as well. Okay. Or you can add the Men of Eden page. That's right. I think I might have that. I'll, I'll go look. Or Daddy Eden. Yeah, right. just at Eden for for the events, and uh, they keep asking me if I'm a real person and to to uh, facial recognize all of these people that we added thousands of people in a few days. Uh, so if you know your own face, go on there and tag yourself or something. Gosh, Facebook <laughs> is pretty insane now. Facebook is is a douchebag sometimes. Yes, yes, it is. I'm too old for Snapchat and Insta whore. And uh, come on, man, it's bad enough I'm on the computer like. 17 hours a day. Well, I want to thank you all for coming to the show and having such a good time. Thank Thank you to my wonderful co-host for booking all these sexy men for me to play with. I mean, how good a co-host is he? We love you guys. I'm just going to invite you all now because I have a big birthday show in July for my birthday, so you'll have to come back and say hi to me for my birthday. I will be there. I spoke with Joe, and I would love to come back with some of my strippers and tell some stripper stories about customers and this and that, if, as long as you guys yeah. would have us. I guarantee it will be very compelling and very dirty. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, see, because I love my Chippendales, uh, but they're not allowed to get dirty. Classy. Please. And we're not no, that attractive. 
they're 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 great guys. I have a friend that uh is their um publicist. And so they're fantastic men, but they do have a reputation they have to maintain. So they have a certain level of decorum they have to keep. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I love having them on the show, but I think it's fun to get dirty sometimes too. So come on the show and get dirty with us. I would love to. As long as it's in person. <laughs> okay, let's see. I think that. that's going to be another question. Thank you guys for being on. Thank you, Candy. I love you. Thank you, I, guys. I, I love you. Guys. I love you. Well, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us again in our crazy evening. We will be back next week with some fitness guys who are going to tell us uh, all about this great new product and keeping in shape. And uh, one of my friends who's a model and a fitness trainer will be on with us along with two of his friends. So please join us for that next week. And I just want to thank my guests again for being on the show. And good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.